Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for August 13th is Jeremiah chapters 23 through 25. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says Yahweh. You have scattered my flock and banished them and have not taken care of them. God is calling out these shepherds. Now, in today's time, we don't talk about the shepherds of God's flock so much. We usually use the word pastors. And so these shepherds of God's people in the Old Testament would be like the pastors of today. Now, obviously, there were some good ones and there were a whole lot of bad ones. And I would venture to say the same is true today. There are many people in ministry today who are in it for the wrong reasons. And we have to be careful about how we evaluate the work of other people's ministries. I don't want to be callous or be quick to jump to conclusions about who's good and who's bad. That's not my business. But the scripture is very clear that we are to judge the fruit or the works that come out of what is the result that comes from these ministries and in verse 4 God says I will raise up shepherds over them he's talking about this remnant in the last day who will tend to the people they will no longer be afraid or discouraged nor will any be missing and so if God is saying that someday they're going to have a good shepherd talking about Jesus, who is going to be working with the people and they'll no longer be afraid or discouraged and no longer will any be missing, then by extension, these shepherds back then, these religious leaders, must not have been doing their job well in regard to the people being afraid and discouraged and many of them going off and being missing. It's like they went and wandered away looking for some significance or some meaning, something greater than what they were able to find in the temple. So the shepherds, the religious leaders, must have been teaching lies or at the very best incomplete truths And they were not teaching that God's perfect love casts out fear. So they weren't teaching about God's perfect love because that would take care of the fear problem. They were not teaching the encouragement that God has a purpose for everyone. That would take care of the discouragement problem. They must not have been gathering the people together in a message or with a message on unity and how God is calling us to love one another and to serve with a united common goal because that would have taken care of the fact that many were going missing issue. But it's not just the shepherds, which refers really to pastors primarily in today's day and time. It was also the prophets 
And Jeremiah says, my heart is broken within me and all my bones tremble in verse 9. Verse 11, because both prophet and priest are ungodly. Even in my house I have found their evil. And so God says, I will bring disaster on them, the year of their punishment. And this is another one of those prophecies that already took place. This was leading up to the exile to Babylon for 70 years. But it's also one of those prophecies that we would call a already but not yet prophecies because even though it already took place all those 2600 or so years ago aspects of it have not yet taken place and so we see these things happen again and again in the scripture where a prophecy is given and it's fulfilled on one level but on another level it just hasn't come to place yet because we're talking about nation against nation and and things that would take place worldwide. And so on that level, it's not yet taken place. And so many of the things like this exile to Babylon, this sending the people into confusion, Babylon means confusion, I'm sure you remember. That was, that was an aspect, but it's true also for us in this end time that we're coming into this, this time where God is moving his people around You'll remember from yesterday's reading, it was those who stayed in Jerusalem who faced judgment. It was those who were sent off into exile that would be saved and spared. We'll be coming up on the reading of Daniel soon and his recording of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. And you'll remember how they were exiles under Nebuchadnezzar. They were sent to Babylon, but the faithful people remained true. One of the problems that God has with these church leaders in verse 13 is that they prophesied by Baal and led his people astray. Remember, Baal is the word master. It's a false god. It's a pagan god. It was a god that the people made of their own vain imaginations saying that our God is like this. And the word Baal is the same word that the word Lord comes from in the Hebrew. And that's why it bothers me so much when we translate God's name and take it out of scripture and replace it with the word Lord. I believe it's the same thing as saying God is master or God is Lord. Yes, he is the Lord of all lords, but he's so much more than that. And his name is Yahweh, which comes from the Hebrew word Havah, which means to become. So he will become what he wants to become or who he wants to become. And we cannot define him. We cannot limit him. And that's what it means in the commandments to say not to make any form of God but we do it every day. And that's what the priests were doing. They were, they were teaching the people by the words of Baal or by the words of Lord, by the words of master, saying God's the one in control, but he doesn't love you. He would never die for you. It's an incomplete picture of who God is. Is God Lord? Yes. 
Is he love? Yes. Is he light? Yes. Is he creator? Yes. Is he also redeemer? Yes. Is he savior? Yes. He's all of those things. And if we are to limit him in any one way that we're giving an incomplete picture of who God is. And so we have to be very careful to not take his name upon us incompletely or in vanity. We don't take God's name in vain. We don't take it and empty it, his name, of its power because there's no limit. We don't say we are a Christian, that we follow him, that we belong to the one true God and then live the way the rest of the world does. That is taking his name in vain. It's emptying his name of its power. Later in chapter 23... Through their dreams, they tell one another, they plan to cause my people to forget my name as their ancestors forgot my name through Baal worship, through Lord worship, through master worship. It's not complicated. We make it so complicated. This is God's declaration in verse 30. Take note, I am against the prophets who steal my words from each other. They're unoriginal. They use their own tongues to make a declaration. So it's maybe they either steal it or they come up with it on their own. They prophesy false dreams and they lead the people astray with their reckless lies. My friends, if you're a part of a ministry, if you're following church leaders today who are not leading you into a deeper understanding of who God is and what your role is in his kingdom, you might need to run and get out of there. Chapter 24, Jeremiah has the vision of these good figs and bad figs. God says, the exiled were the good They represent the people. There's those who are good and they'll be exiled and saved, although they're sent off. And it must have been so confusing to leave their land and watch it be demolished behind them. But God spared them. And then in chapter 25, it talks about the exile and how they are sent off into Babylon. And again, the word Babylon means confusion. The people are sent off into Babylon and then In verse 12, when the 70 years are completed, God says, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation. And it's a picture of Satan. God used Nebuchadnezzar and the king of Babylon and the Babylonian empire to exercise discipline against God's people. And then at some point, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, they became exalted in in themselves and proud of themselves and crossed a line and invited judgment on themselves. They had a job to do, an assignment from God, and they took it too far. And then judgment comes. It's the same thing that we learn about Satan as we read into the scriptures, or at least this is the way I would interpret it. Satan had a job to do, and he crossed a line I believe when he accused Jesus, he crossed a line and now he faces judgment. His time is short. 
and he knows it. Very interesting. May God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow.